You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. I don't think it's unfair to say that this year, every time we hear or read a story about NVUSD, we first hold our breath to see if it's bad, if it's some new revelation, or some new problem. It's not surprising. Problems tend to come in waves and often become self-perpetuating. It's the nature of institutions, and frankly, it's why there are crisis consultants and crisis managers in Washington, D.C., and among local communities everywhere. For NVUSD, this year of crisis has often eclipsed the academic goals and progress that the district is making, along with some of its other accomplishments. Today, we're going to try and give light to all of it, to look at the good, the bad, and try and find some realistic and honest perspective regarding the Napa Valley Unified School District. To do it, I'm joined here by Patrick Sweeney, the superintendent of NVUSD. He's had a tough year, and while some of the things have settled down, there's still a lot on the agenda. It is my pleasure to welcome him here to NapaBroadcasting.com. Patrick, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. I should mention Elizabeth Emmett is here with us, the uh, NVUSD Public Information Officer, if I think that's still your title. Director of Communications. Okay, great. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thanks for being here and helping to communicate. <laughs> all right. Um, Patrick, first of all, I want to, before we talk about, you know, some of the things that, that people may expect us to talk about, I want to give an overview of what's been accomplished academically over the past year or two, and really what's what's been accomplished in that regard, because oftentimes that most important thing with respect to the students gets lost in so many of the other issues that get talked about. Well, Jeff, first let me thank you for being on your show and being uh, able to talk about the great things happening in, in our schools. Just last week, we had a board presentation because we've been recognized nationally for the increase of students prepared for UC Berkeley, UC Davis, UC Merced, UCLA. Uh, we call that A through G, those are the requirements A through G. A is four years of English, B is three years of math, and so on and so forth. Well, back 10 years ago, 2006, 23% of our students qualified for A through G. And last year, 2016, we had 48.6% qualify for those rigorous um, A through G requirements. So we've over doubled over the last 10 years the amount of students that are prepared for college and careers. And that's part of the reason I came to Napa is because of the board's vision to transform lives by instilling 21st century skills and to inspire lifelong learning. So visions are great. They, they, they unite people. They, they get people motivated. But it's really the work that our teachers and classified staff and administrators are doing and I have to say, with the partnerships we have with Napa County Office of Education, Napa Learns, and Napa Valley Education Foundation, that we're able to make these big gains. So college and careers is our number one goal. You just heard we're getting more kids prepared for college and careers. We want equitable access to close the achievement gap, and that means we provide students that need extra help, that extra help in time, personalized, so that they're making those gains and they're doing well in those rigorous classes of science and, and high levels of math. And then, of course, the 21st century skills, which we've talked about in the past, but making sure students really know how to collaborate, communicate, learn those California standards uh, that are more rigorous. They're called the Common Core nationally, but California has adopted them, as have 46 other states. What have we done to enhance the ability to teach those 21st century skills that have really enabled the district to grow in the ways that you're talking about? Well, we've done several things. Um, some of them started before I, I came. One was to, to tell students, instead of 
when you come into ninth grade high school, um, well, you look like your college material because your kids, your parents went to college, so we're going to put you in these rigorous college prep classes. And, oh, you don't look like you are college qualified, so we're going to put you in these lower-level kinds of classes. We said, no, heck with that. And you come in ninth grade, we're going to give you college prep classes no matter where you come from. If you choose or your parents choose that you take a, a less rigorous class, then that's that's up to you. And because the board took that initiative before before I arrived, that's one of the reasons I came here because Napa's serious about this. Because of that, we've doubled the amount of students who qualify for four-year colleges. Doubled it in ten years. And we and you know, forty eight point six is great, but we can even be better. Where does that leave the kids or how does that impact the kids that may not be going to college, that are career focused or, or really career and technical focused? We have, in, in partnership with Napa County Office of Education, we have a terrific career technical education. It used to be called vocational ed, but now we call it career technical education. We have over, over 86 offerings across our schools that students can take. Um, whether it's culinary, whether it's construction, whether it's auto shop, whether it's mechanics, whether it's robotics, that they can take those classes. And, and so those students who want to take those classes can take those classes. Something our school district did was to make them as rigorous. So when you take science, you can take ag science. If you take ag science, it will qualify for the UC system. So we took some of those career technical education classes and made them more rigorous so they could also qualify for college. Um, and there's research out there that just a high school diploma will not get you the kind of jobs that can that can uh, pay a person to to um, provide for their family, afford to buy a home in Napa Valley. And so those are the kinds of things we need to do for students to let them know that high school is not enough anymore. It might have been when our grandparents were in school that high school is enough. It might have been even enough when our parents were in school. But they're saying by 2017, 60% of the jobs that are going to exist, 60% of the jobs don't exist today. And that's an incredible statistic to prepare our kids for. Where do community colleges fit into that equation in terms of what the kids are prepared for? Community colleges are essential. I think California has some of the best community colleges across the nation. Um, they're still relatively affordable, and they provide those kind of classes beyond high school that kids can take and go deeper into their careers. And we have a great partnership with Napa Valley College. Uh, we meet monthly with them. and and talk about what are what are we doing to make sure that these classes align, not only for our current kids in school, but adults in the community who may not um, have a high school diploma. How can they start in our adult ed program and then transfer into the college program? And we, we've done some pilots with the college already. We, we intend to extend that, especially in the um, hospitality area. Right. What is the issue now in the district with respect to English language learners? They were periods of time several years ago where, where that was really a very fundamental issue that needed some, some attention, some addressing. Where are we with that right now? Well, we've made, we've made gains, but it is, that's where our achievement gap is. If you look, if you look at how the, the A through G and how students did, um, you know, students who already speak English do better, and, and they're graduating at higher rates than, than the 48.6% I mentioned. Um, I, think, I think white students are at like 57%. I'm going to look it up real quick for our listeners so I'm accurate. Um, for example, in terms of graduation rates, our, um, we're at 92% across the, the school district, and the state of California is at 82%. So back in 2009, we were only at 82%. Now we're at 92%. So even our high school graduation rates have increased as we've made these 
uh, high school classes, the A through G, the UC Berkeley type of classes, more rigorous, more kids are graduating. Um, but for English learners, only 84% uh, are graduating uh, in, our, in our system. So what that means is some kids are reclassified as being fluent English proficient, they're doing super well. Those students who maybe moved to the country later or they're struggling with English, they're not graduating at that, that 92% rate. Mm -hmm that the other high school kids are, they're 8% they're, you know, lower, they're at 84%. So we still have a ways to go with English learners. Um, in terms of the A through G, that rigorous college, uh, UC Berkeley graduation rates, um, English learners are, are very low. They're, they're only like 3%. So mm -hmm. where are, you no, know, there's not that many by high school. Most have been redesignated as fluent English proficient. So it's, it's still an area of focus. It's still an area we need to work on. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the consistency in achieving all this among the high schools in particular and, and what's different, if anything, in Napa versus Vintage versus New Tech versus American Canyon. I think they have more in common than different. They all have the same goals. All our principals write those same goals, those three goals, college and careers for all students, providing equitable access for all students, um, and instilling 21st century skills. Those are the same. Um, how they go about it are a little bit different than New Tech High than say Napa High or Vintage High, but they're very similar. Many of the teaching strategies that New Tech High has been doing, for example, using using laptops, using computers, uh, working on projects, um, doing 21st century skills, our other high schools are doing, like all the high schools are doing. So in that way, they're more similar than different. Uh, obviously our comprehensive high schools can offer a, a broader uh, scope of um, the fine arts, mm -hmm. you know, the music and drama, they're second to none, and our athletic programs, of course, are, uh, are second to none as well. And, of course, that's true with the middle schools also. Our middle schools. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm impressed, uh, Napa compared to other places in, in the state of California. We offer, in our middle schools, not only rigorous science and fine arts, but we also have two gymnasiums for physical education, two gymnasiums on a middle school. I mean, that's unheard of. We have swimming pools at our middle schools. I mean, we, we provide things to make the well-rounded human being uh, much more than other places in California. And I will, I will add one thing. I've been talking about the three goals because those have been the consistent goals over the last six years. We added a fourth goal, which is to support, support healthy living. So we want the social-emotional part of the education, social-emotional learning, they call it, um, you know, working well together, having character, uh, cooperating, collaborating and also the nutrition and physical edu education that students need. So we want the whole child. How does that fit into the curriculum? Is it, does it fit in in a project sense, or is there time to make that separate, given all the other things that have to happen? Well, we, we are intentional. Every school has a team. They call it the Positive Behavior Intervention Systems. I know we have a lot of words and acronyms. <laughs> acronyms, right. But Positive Behavior um, implementation system and excuse me positive behavior and intervention system at each school there's a team of the principal some key teachers and they talk about you know how many referrals were there this month what were the referrals for did they happen on the playground did they happen on the way to the lunchroom did they happen in the classrooms and they analyze that and they they take steps we also provide character education which we don't talk a lot about but we actually offer character education on how do you um how do you how do you speak with someone when you disagree? How do you listen? How do you uh, paraphrase? And those are actually taught in our elementary, middle, and now more in the high schools too. Mm -hmm. 
which is a good sort of lead-in, given how well everything is going, to talk a little bit about some of the distractions that you had on your plate this year. And, and really, that's a good place to start. To what extent, realistically, has all that has happened this year in terms of the football program and, 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 and all the issues surrounding it, has that been a distraction for you, for the staff, for the people at Napa High, for the administrators at Napa High? To what extent has this gotten in the way well, there's no question that last spring was difficult for a lot of people. And what it showed us, a couple things. One is we need to be very explicit with students on how we treat treat one another. Like we can't take for granted that boys will be boys. And some, some students um, misbehave. Some students were charged by the police, charged by the DA. And, um, you know, Juvenile Hall has, has done some things with some of the students involved. Um, I, I can't go into details for confidentiality reasons. Sure. Um, we have some things in place. We had some things in place, um, and we're putting even more in place because of it. I think um, one of the lessons to me is we can't take things for granted. We, we have to make sure that people are following our handbook for athletics, that um, parents know what appropriate behavior is, that we encourage our students to report if they've been hurt or bullied or um, – had some kind of harassment, then they need to report that. They Because in this case, there were several adults who had no clue. You know, they did not know this was going on. And um, so our job is to make sure that our kids are safe. That's our number one job. I think we've done a good job in the past, but believe me, it's much better. And, and we're taking the steps to make that happen. How surprised were you by all of this? Were you blindsided by all of this? Was this a complete surprise? I think a lot of people were blindsided, not just me, but I think... I think a lot of um, people didn't realize that uh, there were some students that did things that are inappropriate. Uh, I think there's been a, a case of education to our students. We've had uh, we've hired an athletic director to supervise all the high schools. Um, we've made some changes in personnel on some key key positions, and uh, we've spent a lot of time on training. We've had a, a specialist come in and do some training at our middle schools and high schools around appropriate behavior, respect, um, reporting, um, you know, being candid. Some of these things are quite personal, and I don't want to go into detail. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember as a young man, I didn't tell my parents everything that I did, whether it was good or bad. They didn't know. Um, they didn't know things my friends did. And we have to work on that um, kind of culture to better support our kids. And that really is the key point. Peter Drucker, the famed business consultant. He was talking about businesses, obviously, but he always liked to talk about how, you know, culture eats strategy for lunch. And all of these things that are in place, the new athletic director, changes in personnel, I mean, these are all very positive steps. What's happening in terms of looking at the degree to which the culture played any role in this at all? And if it did, even in the smallest sense, what's being done to, to take a look at that? Well, I think for some of the, in this specific case, football players, I think um, I think we need to work with all of our students, not just football, but all of our students around uh, respect and being responsible and um, having more empathy and really being thinking of uh, what is the other person, you know, what, what's going through their head and what's going through their emotions when we do things or say things. And how can we as human beings be more compassionate with one another? You know, it goes it goes back to some age-old uh, character traits right. that uh, 
that I think we just need to emphasize. You know, sometimes in in public schools, that's not always talked about. You know, we we want kids to be academically prepared. We want them to have good work skills, and we forget those old-fashioned character things that we need to reinforce with our kids, uh, reinforce with the adults who serve the kids, and say, look, this is important. And when you see something wrong, you speak up. Finally about this, talk a little bit about the process. If you had it to do over again, would you have handled it the same way, differently? What? My, and, and I don't mean you personally, although you can feel free to respond to that, but the district in general. I, I think we did quite a few things right. <laughs> well, the first thing we did, we took it seriously. We didn't try and push it under the rug. And we've been criticized. Um, and I think in the end, the average parent, the parent who wants their kid to be safe in school is going to be very pleased with what we've done. Um, could things have gone differently? Well, probably, of course. Um, we have a handbook. We're following the handbook. Um, we're doing more training. I think maybe we could have done more, a little more training, but it's happening now. There's a lot of training going on for our coaches, for our teachers, and, and kids themselves directly. Um, so we're, we're working on, on things that we need to address. Um, but I think we have good people serving our kids, and we just want to make sure that our partners, like the police, um, the sheriff's department, um, that we are they're an integral part of this community, mm -hmm. and we're, we work side by side with them. And they've, and been, they've, been, they've been involved along the way. Let me just say one thing. Sure, of course. Um, we're really proud that um, Sheriff John Robertson stood up and said, you know what, I'm going to send my undersheriff, uh, Gene Donaldson, and, and if you guys want, he'll coach for free this year. And so he's, he's on the team. I mean, he's one of the coaches. He's one of the personnel That's changes. Great. And so those are the kind of partnerships that uh, we're proud of. And, and we know that we're doing all that we can. And we appreciate the parents' support because parents have told us they really appreciate it. And I think the community at large, um, they may not know as much about our schools, but I think the people on the inside are seeing big positive uh, changes. And how, and how has your board dealt with it all? I mean, it's certainly if it was a surprise to you and the staff, it was even more of a surprise to them being several steps removed. Well, our, our board is fantastic. Our board, many of them have children either in the system or have graduated from the system. And so they know, they know these teachers, you know, by first name. They, they know that our teachers are very professional. They care about our kids. They want to do the right thing. And, uh, and they're proud of our they're proud of our people that serve our kids, and and they felt it deeply, and they wanted to make sure they did the right thing and that this would never happen again, and we'll do whatever we can to prevent this from ever happening again. And so that's why most people are happy. There's a few people think we've been too strong about it, but you know what? In the end, we're sleeping well at night. I want to talk a little bit about another area where there's a lot of change happening, and that is the demographics of uh the whole district, the demographics of the county, certainly, but as it relates to uh, NVUSD, there are less students, less kids. You know, we, we've had conversations in the past about facilities and schools may having to close or consolidate, and some of that has happened. Do you see more the need for more of that in the future? And, and what does this change in demographics mean to you? Well, if anyone's been reading the paper, they've seen that um, the housing prices have gone up astronomical, starting from San Francisco, moving out the Bay Area, and it's hitting Sonoma and Napa counties uh, very strong. One thing that I would like to share that 
Um, we have demographers that have been working with the district for many years. Um, they do reports annually, and so we get a trend. What hit us hard this last year that affected the budget was American Canyon home prices went up to 500000 the average home price up to 500000 and young families can't afford $500,000 for a home. Uh, in Napa, if you look at the statistics of Napa, in 2011, the average home price was 413000 When those homes were sold, about 650 homes were sold for 413000 it generated 316 students, 316 new students. Mm-hmm. Five years later, in 2016, same number of homes were sold, 650. The average home price jumped from 413 to 632. So 632,000 dollars for the average home price in Napa. Well, that only generated 180 kids, 180, 100, 187 students. So from 316 uh, students generated in 2011 to 187, it's going to hit us in our lower grades. Our middle schools, our high schools are exactly where we thought they would be, and they are stable. Um, those populations are stable, but our lower grades, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, are, are much less. And so we, since our highest year, we'd been growing in the 2000s. Well, for many, many years, Napa had been growing because we serve American Canyon, Napa, and Yonville, and had been growing. Our highest year was uh, the 2013-2014. So mm-hmm. three years later, we have 500 less students than we did in 2013-14. And the demographers are saying the trend will continue because the home prices are driving uh, young families, young working families right. away. And what do the demographers tell you in terms of the high schools? Is it just a question of the, the less kids at the lower grades, less young families, so they won't be coming up to the high schools? Or, or are some of the people that are buying six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar homes coming in with older kids? Both those things. There will be a trend unless there's more building, in, either in Napa or American Canyon. Um, my understanding is this possibilities for Napa and American Canyon, but more in American Canyon. Once those homes come in, then it will our enrollment will, will increase again. But that's exactly what you said. Uh, People that are in their 50s can afford those $800,000 homes, but people in their 30s that have the five-year-olds, they can't afford those homes. So um, we have the trend of older people moving into Napa, sometimes as second homes, um, or older children. And then we have the younger families that they want to work here, but they can't afford to live here. So they're, they're moving to Vacaville, they're moving to Fairfield, they're moving outside and then commuting in. And how will that affect... You want to add something? No. How will that affect the programs? What What is the programmatic impact of that change in demographics in terms of the schools and in terms of, of the academics that we started talking about at the beginning of this conversation? Well, unfortunately, our state, as uh, we rely on the state to fund schools, and a lot of the state funding comes from income tax, not property tax. And because it's income tax can fluctuate, uh, you know, changes in the stock market or or changes in the housing where there's less construction workers uh, working, that will impact public schools. And, and right now, uh, we're getting flat funding from the state. Right. So we have increased um, costs because our labor costs go up each year. Um, the retirement pension fund that we have to contribute to, they, the state raised that on us, and we have drop-in enrollment. Those three factors uh, make it really difficult when you have flat funding from the state. And so, yeah, we're going to have to reduce a little bit probably again next year. Um, 
the good news is we didn't drop as students as much as we thought we would. We thought we'd drop uh, 300. We only dropped 180. So that was good. I mean, we dropped, but we didn't drop as deep. We had planned for deeper cuts, and so that's good. We're bringing some teachers back, hiring hiring some positions back, but we're being very careful on, on what we do forward, going forward uh, around the budget. Have there been any waves of retirement that uh, enable you to hire younger teachers in some cases? We did an early retirement, which was very uh, positive because, um, you know, people in their late 50s, early 60s, uh, we gave them uh, an incentive to retire. Uh, 57 people retired, 57 teachers retired. And in some cases, we didn't hire back all 57 slots, and that saves money. And yes, um, younger or less experienced teachers do do cost less. Cost less, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do. How are things going with respect to the bond issue? Oh, fantastic! I mean, we, we had you, a board. You report. put a lot on the line for that and got it passed. Well, how's, how's it's a it need. I mean, the seismic, the seismic, uh, the seismic improvements because of the seismic need, the earthquake uh, need is is uh, big, really big, and. And we had 60 projects underway. I want to uh, tip my hat to Don Evans and his team for getting all those projects uh, underway. Some are done. Some are not done. Some are multi-year. Um, you asked about enrollment. One thing we're doing is consolidating Salvador and El Centro schools into one school right. so we can uh, better use um, Salvador campus for River Middle School. Um, but we've made several seismic upgrades um, at several of our elementary and even at Valley Oak High School. Um, and those will continue, and thanks to the voters and their support of our schools. Mm-hmm. And and is it your sense that that amount of money that came from that bond issue will cover what needs to be done for quite a while? It doesn't cover everything, um, but it's a start. And the state passed a bond to provide state money right. for many of these seismic projects or or any kind of the, some of the construction. Um, uh, unfortunately, the governor is trying to save the money for other purposes, and he hasn't released all the state money. But our goal is to apply for state funding because in many cases, if we put up 60 percent, the state will put up 40 percent. Um, and we're still submitting those to the state, and we expect that to help us with the build-out plan. But, you know, it's a 10-year, it's a 10-year facility plan, and we'll go as we, you know, those highest priorities will get done. And then the the next level and the next level as far as we can go. And talk about morale. How was morale in the district? Morale is good. Very positive. All the schools. Um, uh, uh, Elizabeth, you want to talk about that? I, I yeah. We don't want we, to shut Elizabeth out. We've had a chance. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. No. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, well, I, I think morale is good, and you know, for the for the most part, when when students are learning. And you know, teachers can focus on teaching and doing their best for the students, and administrators can focus on doing the best for their sites. You know, that is that is going to increase morale. And so, I think that's what we're really kind of focusing on is trying to ensure, as a administrative team, that our you know site administrators and our teachers are able to focus on what they need to focus on, and that's our kids, mm-hmm. our kids and their education. And if I think that's that really contributes to a better sense of you know morale. And how's the morale at Napa High since all this? Uh... It's very good. I mean, they the kids, I was over there for lunch uh, yesterday. I went and had lunch and sat with the students, and they're all happy. They're they're doing well. And <laughs> um, Annie Petrie, the principal, is very uh, committed. She's very dedicated to our kids. She's, she's very much a student advocate, and uh, she's built a good team over there in Napa High. And I think that team recognizes that when it comes to morale – 
you can't pretend that things when things go bad you don't right. you don't sweep it under the rug you talk about it and Annie's very good about, at that she's very good at reaching out to her staff and to her administrators and saying what what do we need to do better how are you feeling talk to me and they do and it shows and Patrick finally before we wrap it up talk a little bit about yourself over the past year year and a half I mean you've been under siege it's been a tough situation I mean you've had the opportunity in 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 all the years you've been here to focus on all those important things that we talked about at the beginning the academic parts of it and seen steady progress along the way and anybody that is in a leadership position has always hits those patches where suddenly you're the target you know (laughs) until some other problem comes along seriously talk a little bit about how you've you've weathered all of this well, I, first of all, um, it's important that we're all committed to these same goals. And as a system, if we really care about these goals, then these other things are distractions. And I think that uh, the work that we do together is very rewarding. I mean, it's better. It's the best profession anyone could ever ask for. When you go into a, a kindergarten class or, or a middle school class or a high school class and you see kids engaged in their learning, exciting about what they're, they're doing um, – the other stuff is just noise. You know, it really, really, if we can spend time in classrooms, and it'd be great if the public could come and visit our schools and see what we get to see on a daily basis. Um, last year, it had been a tough board meeting, and the next morning I, I went down to give a, an employee an award for 25 years of service, and I'm walking in uh, to go talk to this person. Out by the gymnasium, these sixth-grade students were waiting for their teacher, their PE teacher, and they're sinking Twinkle, twinkle, little star. These are sixth graders singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. The boys are singing and the girls are singing spontaneously. They were just filling the time. They're waiting for their teacher, and they start singing this song. And I just, oh, my goodness. These are the little moments of happiness or little moments of joy. We had had to just embrace, and I wish that uh, our public could, could see what's happening in our schools. Good kids just enjoying life. Uh, they don't care about the politics. They, they don't care about this and that. They just want to have fun with their friends and, and learn. And and uh, those are the kinds of things that get me through. And uh, frankly, this has been a fantastic start. I think it's been the smoothest start in all the years I've been in Napa in terms of uh, morale, in terms of campuses being clean, in terms of the, the uh, employees, whether they be the classified employees, the administrators, or teachers, just focused on kids, focused on learning. And it's been a great start. Patrick Sweeney, NVUSD Superintendent. Elizabeth Emmett, I thank you both for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.